What's going on, everybody? Steve here. I just wanted to say what's up before the episode, as always. I hope everybody is doing well. I hope you're staying healthy. I hope this coronavirus isn't affecting you too much. People are going crazy. Do you have enough toilet paper? Do you have enough hand sanitizer? I'll tell you what, schools got canceled. I tried to go to Disneyland today. I did the Tiki Room. That was about it. A ton of parents there with their kids. My wife and I went. We had reservations at the Blue Bayou. There's another fun thing about Disneyland. You want to go to Blue Bayou? Make a reservation now so you can go in three months. Because that's what we did. Uh, But we had a lot of fun for the small time that we were there. Uh, We went to the Blue Bayou restaurant. Uh, We had fun. We went to go get a fast pass for Space Mountain when we got there at 11 in the morning. And fast passes for that were already in at four in the afternoon. Uh, We did the Tiki Room, and then we went home. Uh, On the show this week, Jonathan Mangum, uh, you're going to know him from uh, primarily Let's Make a Deal with Wayne Brady as well. He's the announcer. He's a super fun guy. He's super cool. He was a guest on Doug Loves Movies. If you haven't uh, listened to the episode, go back and listen to it. It's him. It's Drew Carey. Uh, There were two other people that I wish I could remember. But I don't. But it was him and Drew Carey. Um, oh, uh, uh, Ken uh, Ken Jennings from Jeopardy. And, and another guy who's a, a comedian, I believe. But other than that, uh, this is a great Doug Loves Movies connection. So uh, reach out. Tell him you enjoyed it. Reach out to Doug. Tell him for the thanks. I mean, you don't need to do it, but you know what I mean. Other than that, guys, uh, we're going to get it going. I went to the movies. I went and saw Onward last week with my wife, my wife, and it was, uh, it's a fun movie, it's Disney, uh, there's a lot of fun and entertaining values about it, it's a family film, uh, lessons learned, uh, family love, all that malarkey, uh, if you have, if you like animated films, go check it out, other than that, uh, we're gonna get into it, and I hope that everybody, once again, uh, stay safe, stay healthy, uh, if, if you're sick, don't go to work, don't, don't listen to the fucking president, Jesus Christ, um, don't go to work, stay home, be safe, be healthy, uh, I love you all, you're amazing, thank you once again, every week, coming on this journey, um, other than that, guys, girls, Ladies, all y'all, Jesus Christ, I'm so tired. This is midnight, folks. I'm recording this, and I'm adding it to the episode. And then it's going on out. Uh, But before we get to Jonathan, uh, let's go to me to find out what's coming out in the theater this week and find out what the top five films are. Other than that, folks, I love you all. Tip veal. Try the staff. Enjoy the episode. Opening this week in the theaters, we have Bloodshot, which IMDb describes as an action drama sci-fi starring Vin Diesel. We also have The Hunt and Never Rarely Sometimes Always. I've seen bits and pieces of commercials for The Hunt, and this looks like a film that might actually pique my interest, so I think this will probably be one that I'll be checking out. Those are the films that are coming out this week. I look forward to seeing what's coming out next. Let's all go to the lobby. 
Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Coming in at number 5 in the box office this week is Call of the Wild with 6.8 million. Sonic the Hedgehog comes in with 7.7 million at number 4. The Way Back takes number 3 with 8.2 million. The Invisible Man is number 2 with 15.1. And Disney's Onward takes the number 1 position with $39.1 million. Those are the top five films in the box office this week. I look forward to seeing who takes it next. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and welcome to another episode of The Last Podcast You'd Want. Steve here, and I have a great guest for you today. You may have seen him on morning television, but today I bring to you a man that is talented and comedic as can be Jonathan Mangum. Jonathan, how you doing today? Hey, Stephen, how you doing? Thanks for having me on, man. Thank you for coming. I am doing very well. How are you? Uh, I am good. It's California. It's 70 degrees. It could not be better. Absolutely. Now, <laughs> normally, normally we jump right into uh, the questions, uh, but you have quite the extensive career of, of credits on IMDb. I yeah I I try to uh, I tried to work is the goal yeah so far so good absolutely uh, and I'm gonna just start right off the bat normally I work these in between but you your first credit was on a show that I loved and I watched growing <laughs> up my brother yep. and I we got together every Saturday night in front of that TV to watch Snick yeah. And, uh, and as as brief as a, as it was, it was. I watched it today just to recheck it. And you <laughs> you play the blind date from hell on Clarissa explains it all. I did, yeah. I was the blind date from hell. Um, that was also funny enough. That show was also one of Wayne Brady's first TV appearances too. He played a pizza guy on the show. That's back. We were both in Orlando, and Orlando was a little mini Hollywood for about six or seven years uh yeah that was that was fun and then strangely enough 25 years later at a restaurant in los angeles my son is choking on a piece of food and a my wife is frantic and trying to uh get the food out and who comes to help my wife save my son's life but melissa joan hart clarissa so (laughs) it's a strange world we live in Absolutely. Uh, I just have to say, uh, re-watching it, I, I love just the, the clip uh, of the, the lines you have. Flowers for my flower. Uh, <laughs> That's right. Just made me laugh so much. But that, that was, <clears throat> so that was the start of it all for you was Clarissa Explains It All. It was. It was. <laughs> um, good time. Good time on the yeah. show. Uh, yeah, and with with that being uh, the the time what you were, were you like on it, two years old. <laughs> <laughs> well, nineteen ninety three. I would have yeah. been uh, I would have been about ten or eleven. Oh wow, perfect perfect age for that. Yeah, and and uh, the the roundabout uh, snick itself uh, was something me and my brother loved. Uh, all of the shows were great. Uh, oh, yeah. But jumping into that first question uh, that I do like to start with. Have you mm-hmm. ever walked out of a movie in the movie theater? I have. I've only walked out of one movie ever. Uh, and before I remember it completely, 
don't ever go see a comedy that's been out for eight weeks and there's no one in the theater because you, you should watch a comedy, even a bad comedy with a theater full of people. So that being said, I, the movie was called Casual Sex. Uh, it starred Andrew Dice Clay and Nora Dunn and maybe Victoria Jackson. And there was, I was the only person in the theater. Uh, and it was so, I mean, maybe it would have been better with a, an audience is why I, why I prefaced it with that. But man, I just was like, nope, nope. 15 minutes in, I was like, I can't, <laughs> I can't. Yeah. And you just, and you just left it. Casual sex. Wow. Casual I, sex. Yeah. I've, I've, uh, I've never seen that film. Um, <laughs> but uh, with a, with a cat. With a cast like that, I'm assuming it was uh, it was the 1980s. So it was probably no, because I was out of. Uh, I think it was. You know what? Uh, since we are sitting at a computer, while I continue to vamp with my talking, I perhaps am typing in movie casual sex. <laughs> see where it? Yes, 1988. Oh, you're right. It is 88. Uh, Victoria Jackson and Leah Thompson decide casual relationships have become too dangerous in the wake of AIDS, so they opt to visit a resort where each finds a man who piques her interest. Yeah, that was terrible. <laughs> yeah, and I, I like how they preface it with a question mark, so it's really casual sex? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. anybody down for that? Yeah, terrible, terrible. So that's the one I walked out of. And I've seen some bad movies, and I'll sit through them. Just not that one. Just not that one. Yeah, that's um. Yeah, I've walked. I've walked out on a, a couple myself. Uh, so I understand uh, a movie being so bad that you just can't take it. Um, but something's really particularly bad about bad comedy when there is a joke and it misses, and they keep missing. Like, have you ever walked out of a a a drama or a non comedy movie? Uh, yes. Wow. All right. I walk it was it was a sci I mean, I guess you could call it a sci-fi. It was Jupiter Ascending. No, yeah, I never it, saw that. I heard it was terrible. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Channing Channing Tatum, uh uh Mila uh no Joe the girl Bush. from that seventy show. No, the one oh, yeah. from that seventy Mila Kunis. Mila Maybe. Kunis. Uh yeah, yeah, no, I've I've actually walked out of a comedy as well, though. I walked out of Envy with Jack Black and Ben Stiller and oh. Amy Poehler and Christopher Walken. Don't see that. Wow. Yeah, it don't don't see that. Um, is what <laughs> I have to say. Yeah. Um, yeah. But but yeah, with uh, with that, moving on to our next question: Is there a movie yeah. that uh, back back when we all had cable and we had the ability to just flip channel to channel before all the great streaming services? Uh, is yep. there a movie that you you love so much if if you just came across it regardless of where it was in the film? you would just watch it like just a movie you could watch yes. every day. Yes. And I think it's, I think it's probably common for a lot of people, but when, when the, and there are great movies that are amazing movies, like any Coen brothers movie when it's on, I'm like, Oh, I'm watching this. But the one that like absolutely hypnotizes me uh, every time is the Shawshank Redemption. Whenever Shawshank is on, I'm just like, it just, I, I'm in, I'm in for, I can't not turn the channel. Something about it is just lulls me into the story every damn time, and and I love it. Uh, I'm right there with you. It is yeah. uh, a, a mesmerizing story. It yes, is an, it is an amazing cast. Oh God, incredible! And the, I think the first time director too, right? 
Uh, I'm not sure on that one. I'm um, pretty sure. If I'm wrong, think, Twitter me and be angry. <laughs> uh, I think it's I think it's really funny. I uh, just I listen to so many. As being a podcaster, I also listen to so many podcasts. Uh, yeah. And I was just listening to Clancy Brown today. Uh, and oh he, yeah, he spent a good like 15 minutes just talking about Shawshank. It was him on uh, on Malton Loves Movies. Oh, or, wow. or Malton on movies, but uh, Frank Frank Darabont, I think it yeah. may be, I think it may be his first. But the cast itself: uh, Tim Robbins, Morgan Freeman, uh, William Sadler. I'd, I'd watch just about anything that William Sadler's in. Oh yeah, he's he's great, amazing. But but yeah, the one thing uh, I always love about Shawshank that some people know and some people don't. Uh, and if you do, awesome. If not, you're learning something new based on a short story by Stephen King. Stephen King, absolutely, yeah. 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 And it's uh, it's a film that's over two hours long based on a short story, uh, which is wow. always fun. That's yeah, there's there's some real stretching <laughs> story stretching in that. Absolutely. Uh, but uh, so when I had seen you on uh, Doug Loves Movies, which is where we had initially met. Yes, I, be- I believe you mentioned that you have uh, two boys. Yes, I do. Yep. So, got a, a 16-year-old and a 14-year-old. Awesome. Normally what I like to ask is I normally like to ask if there's a movie that takes you back to your childhood. But when, yeah. uh, when I come across someone that's a, a parent that has older children, I like to ask, are there movies from your childhood that you were thrilled and looking forward to introducing to your children? Uh, yes, there are. I mean, there are a whole bunch of them. Uh, and, and here's, if, if you are... Uh, you're going to be a parent soon or have younger kids and you're waiting. Here, here's the problem is that you have to, you have to reintroduce these movies to them at the right age, because I showed them certain movies that they just were too young to get. So you kind of have to perfectly time the thing. Like uh, I showed them Raiders, which is one of my favorite movies when they were a little too young to appreciate it. Um, so I showed it to them again later, and they were they better got how great it was. Uh, I made them uh, go because we they were talking about action movies. We love. Can we see what are some action movies? So we I, we showed them Die Hard, which was great, and then we watched Lethal Weapon because they love Die Hard, which was also good, but not as good as Die Hard, which is crazy. I would have thought it was the other way around, but uh, trying to think what there's also a bunch of movies that I want to show them that I haven't yet. Uh, we watched Terminator, which they loved. Uh, the Matrix, although a little more modern, they loved. Yeah, it just it, that's the, that's kind of the coolest part about having kids is like showing sure. them the movies and watching their faces when all the cool stuff is coming that you know. Uh, so it's it's a great <laughs> it's a great thing to do. Absolutely. What are some of the movies that you're waiting to introduce to them? Um, let me think. Now, um, there were a couple that I wanted to show, like. Uh, Usually they're just a little bit too violent, like Pulp Fiction. I want them to see Pulp Fiction, but my 14-year-old is like, oh, you're, I feel like you're right, almost old enough to watch Pulp Fiction. And, and you know, uh, a lot, I, I like a lot of Clinton's movies. I like some of the stuff he wrote. Uh, what's the movie that, that he wrote that... Um, uh, True Romance? Direct it. Yes, I want to show him True Romance. Um, uh, From Dust Till Dawn feel- is another one. yeah. Like I, I would love to show them the, the the kind of ultra 
violent 90s <laughs> movies, but I feel like I feel like the older one can handle it. The younger one not so much yet, yet. But those, I'm excited to show them those. Sure, sure. Right, right. You're just you're just right around the corner from being able to introduce it to both of them at the same time. Yeah. And one thing that, that was surprising is when they were a little younger, and they were like eight and ten. I was like, "Hey, you guys gotta watch Beetlejuice. It's so cool." Beetlejuice <laughs> does not hold up in any way. I, I remember Michael Keaton, who I love, being crazy over the top, and he's kind of tame in the part, which is weird. And he drops an F bomb in the movie. He yes. Says, Fuck. And I just was like, "What? The? My memory completely changed what this movie was in my mind." <laughs> Yeah, I, you know, I'm not going to lie. Uh, Beetlejuice is one of my wife's favorite movies. Um, oh, I, I grew up loving that movie. Uh, and yeah. when, yeah, when Blockbuster was a thing uh, during Halloween, I worked for Blockbuster. I could get away with playing Beetlejuice, even though it, even though <laughs> I, even though my boss knew it had that one F-bomb in it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and the thing is, is it's so fast that most parents, like, you're walking through and then you just hear, hey, nice fucking model. And then, it's like, right. it's a little horn, a little honk honk, because he's squeezing his balls. Um, yeah. <laughs> and, and it's like, by the time it happens, if the parents know that it's there, like, they know it's there. But if they, if they think they hear it, they're like, did I just, did I just yeah. hear? And then they just keep on going. Um, and also, but, what was the studio thinking? Like, we got this great new kids movies. We're going to sell toys and hats and blah, blah, blah. Oh, yeah. And the, the guy says, fuck. And there's F. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, <laughs> and I, re ask I remember the toys. That's the thing. I <laughs> Like, you, yeah. you say, like, toys. And I'm like, yeah, they had the one that, that had all the, the thorns sticking out of his body. And they had the one where you could yeah. take his head off. And it was the shrunken yep. head. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah. No, that's... <laughs> that's funny um but uh with you being an actor and doing so many things um i'm just going to name a couple tv shows that you uh had parts on at one point or another uh that once again i had growing up loving uh <laughs> you you had parts on a uh, sequest 2032 yeah it was also shot in orlando yeah was it okay uh so uh how about uh, married with children yeah, that was one of my first uh, gigs in L.A. I did I did a Married with Children and a Roseanne about two weeks apart. And um, that was going to be my next show was Roseanne. Oh, yeah. Ro yeah. Yeah. Those were I mean, it was very weird to have be a kid from the South and then move to L.A. And then like within six months, it's like, well, I'm standing next to Roseanne Barr. And then a week later, I'm standing next to Ed O'Neill. Like, this is crazy. How 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 is this possible? How did I get here? Well, I'm not going to question it. I'll just say my lines, <laughs> but but it's pretty freaky, pretty pretty odd. Absolutely, uh, and yeah. and right before that in Orlando, uh, Sequest 2032 with uh, Roy yep. Schreider, and yep. uh, so so with all of those, I mean, obviously it's it's being an actor and working a part, uh, but being on those sets and dealing with the people, uh, was it a fun environment? Was it more professional? Uh, just being around names like. Roseanne, Ed O'Neill, just people in comedy. Yeah, it was, I mean, it was all very professional and the sets were pretty good. I mean, Roseanne had a temper, but it wasn't unjustified a couple times. I mean, I understand why she was angry about stuff. So 
but there weren't any like terrible. I mean, it was always professional. Very professional. Sure. And a lot of those, man, at the time, yeah, I'm pretty sure all shot in 35 millimeter film. So that was weird having, you know, multi camera, four cameras, they all have to check the gate. <laughs> you know, so many guys checking so many gates because there's cameras all over the place. Of so course, because cool. with those, those were, uh, those were what, uh, three camera shows? Uh, I think four on Roseanne. And, and I mean, they, they call them three camera, meaning, you know, the, the angles they're hitting, but usually it was four cameras. Okay. And yeah, they're all, they were all film cameras, big, big ass Panasonic cameras and actual film that had to be reloaded and changed all the time. So. Absolutely. That was, uh, it was weird when all that changed. I bet cool because now it's all now it's all digital, right? Yep, everything's totally digital now. Di- I don't even dig- think. Yeah, there's not no there's no more uh, at least multicam sitcoms that use film anymore. Wow, that's I I, I uh, as as a, a former theater worker, uh, I worked all the time with thirty five millimeter prints, uh, yeah. and 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 I feel that there is nothing better. Uh, than going to the theater and being able to watch a movie on 35 millimeter or yeah. 70 millimeter. Yeah, yeah. I mean, would, would, go ahead. Some people are some people are still shooting in 35 and 70. Oh yeah, I was uh, gonna I was gonna say Christopher Nolan uh, films yeah. all of all of his on film. Uh, yep. I just I just read that at the Egyptian. Uh, I want to say within the next two weeks, Ryan Johnson has the only 35 millimeter print of Knives Out and is going to be oh, screening that. That's cool. Yes, Very I, cool. I'm gonna, I'm actually gonna look into that uh, because to be able to see that on 35 millimeter for me would be amazing. And I've already seen yeah. Knives Out. I've already seen Knives Out twice. So I will, <laughs> have you? Have you seen Knives Out yet? I, I haven't yet. I'm, I'm one of the one of the disadvantages with kids is getting out to go to a movie theater is much harder sure uh, so a lot of the stuff i'll wait i have to wait to see it on the on the tv of course of course yeah uh but talking about directors and 35 millimeter uh do you have a, a favorite director someone uh, who who's either done directing or is continuing to make a collective work of of fun and entertaining films there's, there's, I mean, God, it's, it's like saying, what's your favorite kind of music? It's like, God, there's so many different genres of music. But, uh, I mean, you mentioned Christopher Nolan. He's certainly up there. And um, um, why am I spacing on uh, Quentin Tarantino is certainly up there. But I, if I had to pick, I mean, I, I just love the Coen brothers. They, they make fun and smart movies. They range from being silly comedy to super you know introspective stuff I, I i those guys are some of the best i if i had to pick i would pick the, the coen brothers uh, excellent i'm a big coen brothers fan uh if yep. you had to if you had to to be be forced to pick top three if you had to pick three off the top what would they be oh oh my god um, I, I i know it's 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 what, what day of the week is it <laughs> geez. There's so many good things. I mean, uh, it's, not, it's not a fair question. <laughs> no, no, I know, I know. No, uh, I, it's it's for me. I'm always I'm always right there. I mean, for me, in no particular order, I've always been a fan of the Lady Killers. I've always been a fan of Lebowski, and I've always been a fan of of a serious man. Um, Lebowski, yes. I mean, Blood Simple was brilliant. Their their first movie was. Uh, have you seen Blood Simple? 
I have not. Oh, go my first podcast and you haven't seen blood simple i have not my first my my first introduction to the coen brothers was hudsucker proxy oh yeah that's a fun movie um lebowski um miller's crossing uh and then blood for you and for listeners you may not be familiar with their first movie you go see blood simple it's it's really fantastic excellent i will have to write that down and it will definitely be something uh I'll check out, but I love uh, I love the Coens. Uh, I love everything uh, that they that they've done, uh, and uh, I, I think I've told this story before on the podcast. One of my favorite things is the only reason that Bill Murray did a Garf the Garfield movie is because it was directed by a man named Joel Cohen, but it's <laughs> it's not it's not that Joel Cohen. So that's hilarious. So it's essentially is that, true? Is that a true story? He thought it was the other one. As far as I know, he, he, he saw the name Cohen and just automatically associated and was like, sure, I'll do that. No problem. That is hilarious. <laughs> and that's how, yeah, as far, as far as I know, I mean, don't, don't fact check me on that one. Right, but, right. Uh, <laughs> no, I love, I love the Coens. Um, and, and I understand that, that having favorites or figuring ones out uh, can kind of be hard. Uh, but when it comes to genres, do you particularly have a favorite genre, ones you prefer over others? Yes. I mean, my, my favorite genre of storytelling just in general is science fiction. Um, so much, though, so much that if someone tries to make a science fiction movie that I, I'll, I will applaud them, you know, like the, people try and fail quite often in science fiction. And I am very forgiving because I'm like, hey, you tried something hard and cool and you tried it and it didn't work. But I'm going to stand up and clap for you now. Like there's no other genre. Like a bad Western, I'm not going to go, hey, you know what? You try to say, no. <laughs> Science fiction, if you try it, because it, it's, it's, uh, I don't, it's less rare now. There was a wild area where it was hard to get any science fiction coming out of, uh, coming out of Hollywood or even out of independent movies. But that's my favorite. Sure. Sci-fi. Yeah. Sci-fi. Uh, so, so with that comes Star Trek, Star Wars. Are you a fan yes. of both? Are you a fan of more one than the other? Uh, it's very controversial to pick a side in that, but I will in that, and I'm not, you know, cause it has its equal share of duds, but Star Trek is, is more my cup of tea. Uh, just because it's, you know, here we are on a ship, the unexplored, um, what are we going to find? That that's cool to me. Um, it's more relatable than, oh, here's a planet with some furry creatures that are cute. And like, it's like, oh man. You know uh, they have those, right? They're called trebles. Yeah, but they don't, <laughs> they, they don't talk and they show up once. Yeah, um, yeah. But then there's some really bad Star Trek movies. But I, I just, I mean, it just Star Trek appeals to me more because it's not, um, you know, it's, it's the future. It's not a a, a, a galaxy long, far, far away. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, Star Wars is great, but you know, but you're also. Attached to things when they were a certain age, and so when I was coming up from high school, Star Trek was on. Um, and I never, of course, saw the original Star Trek in the '60s. I would have been non-existing. But you know, in the in the '80s, they started syndication was created. They started playing Star Trek on TV at three, four in the afternoon, and after school, I'd come home and be like, "This is the coolest ever!" And they predicted cell phones. They had the first um, interracial kiss on television. There's so many great firsts that, that Star Trek. Um, I did. 
of course. Yeah. And then, and then yeah. of course we got all of the great uh, spinoffs. My dad was, uh, was a bit, is a big Trekkie. Uh, so I remember next generation. Uh, yeah, I grew up it. on, I grew, I grew up on Voyager. I watched Voyager in its sure. entirety yeah, uh, yeah. and a little bit of deep space nine. So <clears throat> I'm right there with you. Uh, there are a lot of, uh, uh, not a lot. There are some misses uh, for them uh, yeah. on the Star Trek films, but I feel for the most part, they're all very entertaining films. Uh, yes. I I even like the new series that they did with uh, Chris Pine and Zachary Quinto. I like them too. I thought they were great. I um, thought they were very fun indeed. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, but moving along and speaking of uh you know actors actresses once again kind of with the favorites do you have a, a particular person that you are looking forward to their next film or someone who the you just enjoy the collective works of i'm not sure um what their next if they're doing the next film but i've always been a big fan of gene hackman um my my personal what i like to see most in an actor is believability like that's number one to me is like do you believe that they are who they are and he just everything he's ever done from uh, the conversation the french connection you know even the early superman movies he's just so good and natural at, at being the characters um so he's he's really one of my favorite unforgiven he was incredible and just so good i mean there's there's so many good actors it's, it's hard when you're Sure. It's like picking a picking a favorite movie. It's just like, oh my god, there's so many great things. It's you know, you, your whole podcast is about movies. How are you ever going to pick a favorite movie? <laughs> you yeah. just can't. I, exactly. For me, it's always it's always what day of the week is it? Because I I have so many that I can go to in so many moods. Uh, yeah. But Gene Hackman uh, is yeah. awesome, amazing. Uh, I automatically uh, go to uh, the replacements with him. I love him in that. Yeah. Uh, the Royal yep. Tenenbaums uh, is, oh, yeah. is is a classic, uh, but here is a here's a fun one for you uh, because I for some reason in all of my movie trivia knowledge in my head know this one. Uh, do you happen to know what Gene Hackman's last movie was? His last movie. The no, last movie. what was it? Welcome to Mooseport with Ray Romano. Oh, that's right. <laughs> I hope he does another movie. <laughs> so that is the last it's like it's like Sean Connery. Sean Connery's last film was League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. But uh, no, I love I love Gene Hackman. The other one I was thinking of, I thought of it and I forgot it. Was always uh, Quick and the Dead. I love Dead. him in Sam Raimi's um, uh, Quick and the yeah. Dead. Hoosiers too, right? Wasn't he oh yes. He was, yeah. yeah, Hoosiers as well. Uh, for me, uh, Hackman is always, uh, once again, it's a believable character. It's someone that's yes. able to sink themselves in the role. And the, the, the funny thing with Gene Hackman is you have the actors that are able to throw their voices or change their pitches. Gene Hackman is Gene Hackman. You hear that voice and you know it's Gene Hackman. But, but his characters, uh, another prime great example, Runaway Jury with, with John yeah. Cusack. Uh, he yeah. he plays such an asshole, uh, and it's so believable that he would just yep. play this lawyer that is just there for big corporate. Um, yeah, uh, Gene. I, there are a bunch. And of, the I firm, mean, the firm too. Yeah. Speaking of lawyers, he was great in the firm. Sure, sure. And you, I you, just, nev you never watch his performance and think, okay, that guy's acting. And yeah. there are other actors. You know, I know the Joker was great. I know Joaquin's a great actor, but I'm watching him and going, yeah, he's acting. You know what I mean? It's like you know. He's acting. 
He's crazy. He's good. It's weird and interesting, but he's acting. I, I see him acting. Hackman's yeah. just there. He's the guy. Hackman is There's just no Hackman. question. He's the guy. Yeah. And it's 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 the more the more I think it's it's like you mentioned it, and the more you think, the more the more you're thinking about it. Like for for some reason, I thought of uh, the Heartbreakers, uh, in yeah. which he plays like an old Russian, uh, and you can go yeah. Young Frankenstein, where he has a pure oh, yeah. cameo. I forgot um, about that. That's the thing. Everyone always forgets about Hackman and Young Frankenstein because yeah. he's in it for just such a brief moment. And I grew up on Mel Brooks. I love Mel Brooks, um, oh, yeah. uh, especially Young Frankenstein. And it wasn't even until I was an adult that I even re- that I was reading the credits, and I, I was like, Gene Hackman. Wait, what? And then you find out he's the blind man. And it just blows my mind. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's crazy. But oh yeah, I I love I love Gene Hackman. I think everything, uh, just about everything that he's done. Uh, has been uh, has been really really well done. Yeah, absolutely. Um, do you happen to remember the first movie that gave you nightmares? Yes, um, and I'll preface it by saying I was raised Catholic. Can you guess now what the answer is? Is it The Exorcist? Yes, it is. Uh, I am no longer uh, religious in that aspect, but we believe that shit was real, and so watching it and and believing as a kid that that was a, actually happening to people and that the devil was knew that I was afraid of him and he was going to come possess me and I, up late at night just horrified to stop thinking about satan or he will know you're thinking about him and come into your brain and make you stick a cross into your asshole or whatever opening uh, was left <laughs> that's a reference to the movie if you haven't seen yes. it yes so yeah, I, that hor- horrified because it, it was not if, to us kids who, by the way, watched it way too young. <laughs> it was like I think ten or eleven. My dad's like, "Watch this. <laughs> uh, put hair in your chest. It'll make you man." Okay? And it's like to us, it was a documentary, even though we knew it was a, a fictional movie. It we believed that it was that it happened, and here is a fictional movie of things that actually happened and so god my brother my younger brother who was probably eight when he watched it with me developed a serious obsessive compulsive tick after seeing (laughs) which he would every 30 seconds or so kiss his finger and say the words god i love you so he'd walk around the house (laughs) gotta love you gotta love you Gotta love you. <laughs> oh man! Lasted for I, a year. He had that tick for a year because <laughs> watching The Exorcist with me at eight years old. Sure, sure. Oh my goodness. I, I'm. I mean, I'm not. I'm not gonna lie. If, if. Oh man. If my best friend, uh, my 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 brother. I say my brother, but it's my, it's my best friend. I've known him since I was nine, so he's basically my brother. Uh, we watched all the scary stuff together. Uh, I'm 99% sure if he had come up with a tick like that, I'd, I'd be probably mocking him a little bit about it today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, I felt, I, I felt bad for my brother. It was, it was not for kids. Not oh, for kids. Dude, I, I, yeah, no. And, and you, you should be, because I, I think that it was when they did the re-release, they added in the scene of her doing the spider crawl down the stairs. Yeah, I, don't, yeah. I don't know if that, that was, was in the 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. If that if that had been, I remember watching the the uh, the Exorcist when they did the re-release when I was a teenager, and it creeped me out as a teenager, oh, yeah. especially especially the 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 upside down spider walk. Um, yeah. So, oh yeah. To, oh man, if they had had that in there it, 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 when you were a child, it, it probably would have been tenfold because oh. that that on its own is super creepy. Yeah. Also, the other one that did not quite as much, but was creepy. And because you worked at Blockbuster, I'll bet you had people walk up and ask you if you had a copy of this. Uh, hey, man, you got any of those faces of death? Uh, by the time that I worked at Blockbuster, uh, <laughs> yeah, that set, that that movie had pretty much. I rem I remember. So to answer, no, no one ever asked me for faces of okay. death. But right, I yeah. I remember when I was young enough to hearing people in junior high school and peer hearing people in high school talk about faces of death. Yeah. Um, and I've been to um, mom and pop video stores where they have had, <laughs> where they've had copies. Yeah. Of it. Yeah. Never, I've never rented it. I've, I've and for your listeners that don't know what that is. It's basically just video footage of people actually dying in horrible ways, all edited together. With the yeah. kind of a, they're kind of trying to make it seem like here's a documentary exploring death, and it's like, no, what you're doing is putting together clips of people dying and <laughs> making money off of it. It was pretty yeah. horrible and terrifying. Yeah. yeah, we we had copies of it in high school, passing it around. Yo, yo, man, you gotta take this home and watch faces. Oh, dude, you got a copy? Oh, man. Yeah, there was a couple. They made a couple of them. They did. Yeah. They did the main the main example. I I remember asking my cousin because my cousin ha had watched one of them, and I said I said, well, like, what do they show in it? And she basically looked at me and said, well, the one I remember is a guy decides to bungee bungee jump off of a building, and it's a ninety foot building. And I went okay, and she went he had a <laughs> he he had a hundred and twenty feet worth of rope. Oh. Oh, God. So he basically goes off with the bungee and just, pull, yeah. No, I've yeah. I've never, yeah. No, I, yeah, I, yeah don't, it's not. Don't go see it. Don't do that those, to yourself. Those those are those are movies that would give people nightmares. Yeah. Oh yeah. Absolutely. Oh my goodness. Um. So uh, as we uh, come to some of our last questions, we'll work in another fun one. Uh, yeah. You have been a, a reoccurring guest on whose line is it anyways yeah yeah that is that's still my favorite show to do yeah yeah of, uh, uh, improv comedy's kind of been my my thing for the last 25 years um i started doing it in orlando and met wayne and so i've been touring with wayne for god almost well, over 20 years now doing a two-person whose line style show all over the country all over the world really so to be able to do it on tv is like you know the greatest so much sure. fun Absolutely. Uh, what would be your favorite game off of the show? God, there's so many good games. Um, I like the physical stuff. There's one called Forward Reverse. We play. We didn't really play it that much on his line, but it's an old comedy sports game where the person just says forward or reverse, and you just have to take the scene in that order. So, you know, if you go through 30 seconds of dialogue and physical stuff and they say reverse, you have to remember what you said backwards. Not talking backwards, but you have to remember the order of what you said so that you can uh, go in reverse until the person calling the game says forward again. That's that's one of my favorites. That's that's always a fun one. Uh, I for for me, I've been watching uh, Whose Line uh, since they were since uh, since the British version. Uh, I grew yeah. up when, 
when they were doing the, uh, I, I mean, I guess you could call them replays on Comedy Central in the 90s. Yep. Yep. Uh, so, I mean, I grew up watching the people that, you know, you're on a stage with, you know, Colin and Ryan yeah. and, and, and Greg Proops. And, oh, yes. And so, I mean, those, I, I was always a fan of Party Quarks. And, yeah, uh, Party Quarks is great. And, and I, the, the fun thing is I was a theater kid in high school. So when we would do the theater classes every now and then the teacher would be like, okay, who wants to do party quirks? Okay. <laughs> who, who wants to do props? And they would take just certain, certain games from the show that they knew that we loved. And, and yeah, so party quirks was probably always my favorite to play. Uh, and, and I went and checked out all of the comedy sports. I, I myself, uh, uh, improv, improv for me. My family always tells me, "Oh, you're so funny," and I'm like, "No, no, no! You just think what I'm saying is funny." Um, <laughs> so, so yeah, there, there is a big difference between being funny and just saying things that you know are going to pop your family. Like when you know the person <laughs> that you're you're talking to, and you know that what you're saying is going to make them laugh. There's a big difference. So I never really did the improv stuff. Uh, I love, I love, I love it all. I went all to all the shows. Um, but that's uh, that's something that's fun. Is that something that you're still continuously doing uh, with them with yeah. being on TV? It, it is, yeah. Um, I'm not sure if we're going to be doing any taping this season of Who's Line, but usually that means that we've banked enough from last year's tapings to come up with a new season based on, you know, because we'll shoot four hours in one day and go through 20 games, and then he'll pick which games he's going to put together for an episode. So sure. um, uh, it's still going, still going. Absolutely. Um, do you happen to remember your first uh, celebrity childhood crush? Yeah. Um, she, you know, she's, she was on Sex and the City. Uh, but way before that, Kim Cattrall was in a movie called Mannequin. Oh, yes. Um, and I just was like, I love this woman. <laughs> 1987, I think it was. Yeah, um, Andrew Mac yeah. Andrew McCarthy, yeah, Andrew McCarthy, yeah, and Kim Cattrall, and yeah, G W Bailey. I <laughs> yeah, oh my gosh, yeah, I know, well. yeah, <laughs> I love Mannequin. I love. Yeah. I also I also love uh, Mannequin too. As horrible as a film that is, <laughs> um, I never saw part two. That's hilarious. Oh, the only thing that connects it uh, is Hollywood. <laughs> Okay. There's wow. one, there's it, yeah the the whole story is a princess gets a necklace put on her which turns her into essentially a, what would be a mannequin in the the medieval ages and it becomes a big touring thing so when she becomes a real person Hollywood is at a completely different place and he just like makes one offhanded comment of like what is it with mannequins coming to life around me um, and that <laughs> is the, <laughs> oh. What? And that is that is the only connection from Mannequin to Mannequin 2. They probably just took some other script that was on the shelf and said, hey, we could make this Mannequin 2 with that <laughs> one line. You know what I mean? Sure. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, but going back to Kim Cattrall, uh, yeah, Mannequin, I personally love her in Porky's. Oh, that, I forgot she was in Porky's. Yeah. As soon as yeah. as soon as you said Sex in the City, I would I said to myself, "Is it Sarah Jessica Parker? Is it Kim Cattrall? Is it Sarah Jessica Parker? Is it Kim Cattrall?" <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I think Sarah Sarah Jessica Parker is is a great actress, but Kim Cattrall was the one that I was just was like, "Oh my God, she's so beautiful." Yes. Of course, big Big Trouble in Little China. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yes. 
Yeah, yep. I'm, I'm right there. I'm right there with you on, uh, on Kim Cattrall. Um, so I know that you don't get to the movies a lot with, uh, with your day job uh, and being yep. a father. Uh, but what was the last movie you saw in the theater? The last movie I saw in the theater. Uh, what God, what was the last movie? I, I know I was. Oh, I saw uh, Jojo Rabbit in the theater. Oh, that's such an amazing movie. It is. I, I want to see it again because there was a lot going on. Um, like, you, while you're getting over the, oh, Hitler's a character, blah, blah, like, I feel like there's like just, just from a filmmaker's point of view, like, there were so many great shots and there was a lot of great direction that was kind of invisible because you're kind of getting the gist of the movie and you're figuring out what the movie is. Now, knowing what it is, now I want to go back and watch again and just see like the cinematography was really cool and I, I want to pay more attention to to a lot of the director's choices so i need to see it again but it was great. sure sure it was great. I, I, it's oh i there i walking into that movie not i didn't really know what it was walking into it um yeah. i'm i'm just a big fan of uh, of tt wakiti or well oh, yeah. I, i'm the director i'm, a, I'm yeah. a fan of of what we do in the shadows thor ragnarok yes this yes. uh just everything he's done is is awesome uh him as the the opening scene of the film um it, it's it's i i was in a theater of about 20 people and i have a very dry sense of humor and the opening scene when he's like come on give me zeke Heil, give me zeke Heil. you're overthinking it you're overthinking it <laughs> And then Jojo just running around town, just ha Hitler, ha Hitler, ha Hitler. Oh. I was in tears, <laughs> but I'm pretty sure I was the only one laughing in the theater. <laughs> really? Yeah. I thought that was super. I, I thought that was super funny too. Just the the shocking, the the shocking, yeah. but also like kind of realistic in a way too. Like the, these kids were learning that, and so it was just like. Yeah, caused a laugh reaction. It, yeah, it, it, it was. was oh, it was over the top. It was just so over the top. That sure, it was just, became funny. Yeah, it it was that, and it was. Um, oh my God, Sam Rockwell for me. I there there are actors that I will go see movie any movie that they're in, regardless of what it is. Sam Rockwell is one of those actors. I love him. I love him to death, man. Just just and, a couple, two notches under Gene Hackman for me, but yeah. but up near the top. Absolutely. Uh, and and the, the other scene where I absolutely lost it, it's been out long enough that I don't feel bad enough spoiling if someone hasn't seen it. Uh, it's just one line. That is not what I meant when I said German shepherds. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> me, me, and, me and one other woman in the theater uh, just broke into just outrageous laughter because uh, I thought it, that it, joke... It, it was interesting how, how he handled a very serious topic with a silly playfulness that, that the combination of the two made for a really unique flavor of film. Yeah, yeah. And, and uh, uh, much, much like uh, what uh, Mr. Carey said on uh, Doug Lowe's movies, uh, I, I love Hitler. Like, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it was just, it was, you know, like, I, I get it all, and the the very the, the last scene I won't give that away. But when the kid yeah. deals with Hitler, 
uh, oh man, just once again, it's it's a movie that you need. To, I need to go back and rewatch it. Yep, I, I'm I'm going to see it again for sure. Absolutely. Um, so as before <coughs> we get to uh, what I will call the last question of the show, yeah. uh, you are on a show that you have been on since 2009, and that yeah. is a little show called Let's Make a Deal. Let's make a deal on CBS every day in the morning. Um, it's been great. I mean, to, to be a, an entertainer and to have a solid job for such a long period of time is so rare. Um, so I'm, I'm happy to do it and hope it keeps on going. It only takes four months to do out of my year. So I have eight months to go do Who's Line and tour. And, you know, I did a couple other acting spots this year. So I love, I love the schedule and I love having a gig, man. Absolutely. Uh, and I can say uh, I, I went to a taping of Let's Make a Deal. Um, oh, did you? <laughs> I did probably about four or five years ago. Okay. Uh, and, and it's it's a very fun atmosphere. Uh, yeah. dur during one of the commercial breaks, they did a, a little who wants to be an announcer contest. Okay. I was one of the three that was picked. <laughs> I ended up That's winning. Hilarious. I ended up winning the whole thing. You did. I did. And I'm not going to lie. I think I might have slightly impressed you because after I got my free T-shirt, you came running up and threw me a free hat and DVD. Oh, I saw. Yeah, I remember I used to do a bit where I had I had uh, cue cards and you'd start to read them. Yes. And then as I flipped them, there were more and more words until the final cue card had about 300 tiny words on it. <laughs> yeah, and it but was remember, all, it yeah. Was, yeah, it was, you've won a brand new prize with the boat to the Tanawanaliki Island. And you just had <laughs> yes. these, just these, these extremely longs on the Delabuwananodini River. And <laughs> That's yeah. right. Yes. Uh, I mean, I'm not going to lie. Uh, you had the two other people. I knew I had it one on the first one because the first one was the brand was the, the simple. You've won a brand new car. <laughs> That's and pretty the audience, good. Huh? The, the audience broke into uh, uh, applause and I was just like, oh, I've got this. OK, it's cool. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, I went to two separate filmings of Let's Make a Deal. Yep. So a total of four shows. Uh, yep. I did. I did that, and I was uh, lucky enough to win a hundred dollars at the end of the show. Uh, when I believe it's Tiffany. Yep. Yep. We, Tiffany. Tiffany came up and said, "If you don't have any money in your wallet, I will give you a hundred dollars right now." And I had no money in my wallet. <laughs> Perfect. Yes. So, uh, so I, I have to say, anyone that is in the LA area that has a chance to go see a live filming of Let's Make a Deal. Uh, you, you have to wear an outfit, but I think it's totally worth it. Uh, and it's a chance to, to have fun and possibly win some stuff. You can win some stuff. We were, This year, 2020, we're going to be shooting May, June, July, and August. So if you're in L.A., uh, drive out to uh, Van Nuys at the Satakoy stages. And uh, I don't want to say come on down because that's the wrong show. Come over <laughs> to where we are. <laughs> Excellent. And uh, the last question that we get into uh, is a listener recommendation, a movie that you love, that you feel 
was either uh, a bomb or underrated that people haven't given a chance that they should maybe go check out again if they haven't seen okay. it at all? Yes, I'm going to list two just because I was trying to think about which one of these I, uh, I wanted to mention. And one of them, because I love science fiction, uh, it came out around the same time that Avatar came out. And everyone crapped their pants over Avatar. I thought Avatar was fine. Anyway, this movie was amazing. And speaking of Rockwell, Sam Rockwell, do you can you name the movie Movie Man? Um, but, but, but what year did Avatar come out? Uh, I don't even, I can't even remember. No, no, that's fine. Let's see. Avatar came out, I want to say the year I met my wife, so 2010. 2010, Sam Rockwell, sci-fi. I I mean, it's silly because I have my phone in my hand and I could just be acting like I'm trying to think of it and looking it up. Um, (laughs) I'll tell you. No, yeah, what what is it? Moon. Moon. M-O-O-N. Yeah. It is a great science fiction movie. Um, I won't give anything away, but if you like sci-fi, which I do, and you like Sam Rockwell, uh, it, it, you know, the, the voice is, um, the voice of one of the uh, robots is the guy who is the, the creepy pedophile now that no one likes. Uh, what's his name? From, uh, there's so many. Uh, yeah, <laughs> which, which creepy pedophile actor which, are we talking about? Uh, Jeffrey, um, Ro- Jeffrey Ross? No, no, not, no, 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 not, no uh, Jeffrey not Jones. Jeffrey Ross. That's, no, no, Jeff, no, Jeffrey no. Jones. Uh, who's, God, I, I, I'm, uh, Spacey, Kevin Spacey. Um, oh, okay. So you yeah. kind of have to start hearing his voice, but it's great. And it's a way better story than Avatar. So check that out. The other movie, since I, I like comedy, is there's this weird little comedy movie. I don't think it did any business at all, low budget, called Funny Bones. Um, I, I want to say it was probably around maybe 2000-ish, and it stars Oliver Platt and Jerry Lewis. And uh, it's just, aren't they on yeah. a boat? Yeah. Uh, no, they go to England to try to start up a variety show. Um, Jerry Lewis is the dad, and he's actually a funny, famous comedian. Oliver Platt is his unfunny son that wants nothing more to be funny and decides to go to England to find some vaudeville performers to put together a, a troupe. And it's just quirky and weird, and I love it uh, so much. And I know that probably not a lot of people have seen it. So sure, I, I I I know a lot about movies and the the, the atmosphere I grew up in. Yeah, nineteen ninety five. I remember the poster for the movie. I'm looking at it on IMDb. Oh, it's ninety five. Uh, I've never I've never seen it. Uh, but yeah, uh, Oliver Platt, Jerry Lewis, uh, Lee Evans, uh, Richard Griffith. Or Gri- Griffiths, okay. uh, yeah. he yeah he was in a bunch of English stuff, and uh, Ian Ian McNeese. You want to see a weird little small funny movie? Uh, check it out. I highly recommend it. That's awesome. Uh, and you being a fan of sci-fi, uh, one popped into my mind. If you haven't seen it, I'll recommend it. Have you seen Sunshine? No, I'm writing this down right now. Sunshine. Chris e- Chris Evans, Killian Murphy. Okay. It's a space film. Done. I don't watch it. I remember enjoying it. It's it's one that's always stuck out with me. Um, mm-hmm. My my a bunch of friends and I went to go see Hot Rod in the theater. Uh, yeah. And about about fifteen minutes into the movie, have you seen Hot Rod? No. No, it's okay. About fifteen minutes into the movie, I looked at my friends and I went, "This is fucking stupid." 
I'm going to go, I'm going to go watch Sunshine. And I got up and they all followed me on. We all went to Sunshine. And I think it was a better movie. Okay. Well, I'm going to, I'm going to see it, man. I love sci-fi. Excellent. Uh, with that, uh, we are coming to the end of the show. Where can people find you online? Uh, what do you possibly have coming up where people can see you? Uh, people can send postcards to me. At the, no, uh, Twitter is at Mangum1, M-A-N-G-U-M-1. Uh, Instagram is at jmangum1 because Mangum1 was not available. Um, website is myname.com, Jonathan Mangum. People can see me every day on Let's Make a Deal uh, from time to time on Whose Lines Anyway. Um, I did a dramatic movie, a low-budget indie movie that uh, premiered at the Austin Film Festival. It's available now for rent on Amazon and Apple. It's called A Patient Man. Um, and that's about it. Hopefully, they can see me on more stuff in the future. Oh, excellent, excellent. Uh, and with that, we come to uh, the end of the show. You can find me on uh, Twitter at TLPYW, on Instagram at The Last Podcast You'd Want. Uh, here at The Last Podcast, we, you want, we like to keep a PMA, a positive mental attitude, uh, do you happen to have uh, uh, just some words of wisdom or kind of a mantra to leave the folks with as we end the show? Yes, I do. Failure is your friend. You will only learn from failure. Make it your best friend and shake its hand every damn day. Perfect. Jonathan, thank you so much for coming on the show. You got it, man. Thanks, Stephen. Absolutely. And ladies and gentlemen, that has been another episode of The Last Podcast You'd Want. And until next week, tip the veal, try the staff. I'll see you then. And that's the show. Hey, buddy, that was really fun. Yeah, thank you. Uh, thank you so much. Uh, I'm not, I'm not going to lie. I apologize. I, I, I said at the beginning of the show, Mangum, but it's Mangum. Uh, it's, it's somewhere in between those. I mean, I say Mangum. My mom says Mangum. Man oh. it's, you're, you were right. You were more right than most, so don't worry about it. Oh, well, thank you. Uh, the, the biggest I've done with that is uh, I actually interviewed one of the actors from Porky's uh, Tony Ganios. And when I first started talking to him, I called him Ganios, uh, about oh, two yeah. or three, about two or three times. And he's just dude from New York. And he went, Hey, I don't know what this Ganios fucking thing is. It's Ganios. <laughs> and I was like, I was just like, Oh, I'm so sorry. Luckily we hadn't started the interview yet, but, <laughs> um, uh, so I will have this out in about two, three weeks. Uh, yep. I, I can shoot you an email when it's out. Uh, and if it's cool, I'll send you the poster and the link. Uh, if you can retweet, repost. I would be happy to. Perfect. Thank you so much. Thanks, Stephen. Right, and uh, you have an excellent evening. You too, man. Bye-bye. Ever wonder how your buddy got those exclusive wrestling superstar action figures? Finn Balor or even that Ric Flair autograph 8x10 photo that you can't find in stores? Chances are they came from Pro Wrestling Loot, Professional Wrestling's most unique and fan-friendly monthly subscription box. Pro Wrestling Loot customizes a 5-7 item mystery box for wrestling fans that includes exclusive t-shirts, action figures, collectibles, trading cards, pins, autographs, and more that you can't find anywhere else. Today, for all of our last podcast you'd want listeners, we have a deal for you. Just head over to ProWrestlingLoot.com and enter the promo code LASTPODCAST to check out to save 20% off your first box with Pro Wrestling Loot. 
with over 20,000 followers online and presence at some of the biggest conventions in the United States, including WrestleCon and StarCast, pro wrestling loot just isn't a business. With ties to indie, mainstream, lucha libre, American, and European pro wrestling, pro wrestling loot is always sending out the most unique items with you in mind over the last five years. Sign up today at ProWrestlingLoot.com for just $24.99 and start receiving your monthly Pro Wrestling Loot box. Plus, for a limited time, enter code LASTPODCAST and receive 20% off your first box. Pro Wrestling Loot, for the fan and all of us. Thanks for coming to see our show. Sad to tell you we've got to go. Grab your hat and head for the door. In case you didn't notice, 